You're listening to The Higher Ed Marketer, the podcast for marketing professionals in higher education. Join us every week as we talk to the industry's greatest minds in student recruitment, donor relations, marketing trends, new technologies, and much more. If you're looking for conversations centered around where marketing in higher ed is going, this podcast is for you. Let's get into the show. Welcome to the Higher Ed Marketer Podcast. I'm Troy Singer with Ring Digital, along with Bart Kaler, founder and president of Kaler Solutions. Today, we talk to Carrie Phillips. She's the chief communications and marketing officer for the University of Arkansas at Little Rock. This is a robust conversation about changing the game, being a catalyst for higher ed marketing transformation. If you follow Carrie on LinkedIn, you'll know some of the topics that we're going to cover, like the enrollment cliff from the marketing perspective and being a change agent. This is a very energetic, informative, and fast-paced conversation that I believe everyone can get something from. Yeah, Carrie does a great job. I mean, she's got a background outside of higher ed, and I think sometimes that brings a unique perspective to the way that marketing is handled. And, I, and she is very generous what, with her ideas and what she's done and her experience. And uh, all around, I think that this is just a very practical and pragmatic um, conversation. And I think it's one that uh, you'll want to you know, take some notes on and really enjoy and kind of sink your teeth into. Let's jump into our conversation with Carrie. I am so excited for our conversation with Carrie because I follow her on LinkedIn and sort of a fan. And she is a share of wonderful content, so I feel she will be ready for this question. So Carrie, if you would, please share with us something that you've learned recently that would be considered fun or interesting by our listeners. Absolutely. So growing up in Arkansas, we have a diamond mine in our state. It's a it's a giant field where you can hunt for diamonds. And I have heard about this my entire life. You know, every now and then in the news, you'll hear somebody finding a, a great diamond there. But I did not know that it is the only place in the world that's diamond bearing that's actually open to the public. And so that's a really cool tidbit about Arkansas. So if you ever want to come hunt for a diamond, come on to the natural state. Nice. Very cool. <laughs> nice. Yes, yeah, she's uh, promoting the state as a good marketer does <laughs> and answer the question. A plus on that. So thank you, thank you. <laughs> we are talking to Carrie Phillips. I would consider her an influencer within higher ed marketing, but please, Carrie, if you can let everyone know uh, a little bit about you, your role, your school, it floors yours. Okay, well, so I'll start with higher ed is actually my second career. Um, <laughs> so I started in television and spent several years there, and then really started focusing more on this digital side of television. So um, the TV station I was at, there were four stations in the market and they quickly realized that if they didn't embrace digital, they were only going to go, they were, they weren't going to survive. And so I fell in love with digital around this time and actually had the opportunity to earn a graduate degree in multimedia journalism. And so I started working at a university and kind of found that path by accident, honestly. And so I was at the time when, you know, I was hired, they said, you're going to be the 
the assistant director of new media. And we don't know what that means, but we need you to figure that out. And so I created a Facebook page for the university. I created Facebook strategy. And so that was a, a fun time, though, because I was having to combat a lot of different conversations. You know, there was this kind of thought that prevailed the conversation of, is social media really here to stay? And there were, you know, sometimes faculty didn't buy into what we were trying to do in this social space. And it didn't help when my husband introduced me to people. He said, my wife plays on Facebook for a living. So <laughs> there was a little bit of this, it, the, the industry hadn't really professionalized itself in that sense. And so this is definitely, um, you know, fast forward several years. I love where I am. I'm at the University of Arkansas at Little Rock, and I'm the chief communications and marketing officer. And I love the work that we do. Um, I'm very much drawn to institutions with a mission of access. My grandfather only had a middle school education, mm -hmm. and he worked incredibly hard to, you know, make sure that my dad and my uncle had the opportunity to go to college. They both actually earned doctoral degrees, mm -hmm. and that moment changed the trajectory of the of my family's life. And so I want so hard to do work that helps other students have that exact same life-changing moment through higher education. Thank you, Carrie. Um, I know you from following you and conversations with you about your work around the enrollment cliff. and But from a marketing perspective, a lot of times we hear about it from an enrollment perspective. So I'm really eager for you to kind of share your opinions, your thoughts, some of the ways you feel that marketers can best be effective for their That's institution amazing. to combat this. Yeah, so I think you're spot on. And that's kind of where I actually first heard of the enrollment cliff was at an enrollment management conference. And I started asking my other counterparts in marketing and saying, hey, is this something you're talking about? And we weren't talking about it as a profession as much as we probably should have been. And that's really where my passion for this topic kind of came into place. And so as I was thinking about what did I want to study as part of my dissertation, I really wanted to talk about that. And so as part of that, I wanted to understand what marketing officers were doing and how they were preparing for the enrollment cliff, because I don't think it was an area that's a focus. And then having spent a lot of time at regional public universities, I wanted to understand how they were talking about it, because a lot of the data says that 11% of regional publics could be facing closure as part of uh, this enrollment cliff. So I visited with CMOs across the Southeast, and I learned lots of things, but I learned that we're all struggling and trying to figure out where we go from here. And as part of that, I really kind of identified three or four kind of key ways that they could hit at that. And I think the big three is one is really that idea of personalization in enrollment marketing, making sure that that student feels that every conversation is directly with them and is about the things that they're interested in. I also think it's so important that we focus on this idea of mission fit. You know, we aren't in a place anymore that we can be all things to all people. And because somebody dreams up, oh, this would be a cool program, we suddenly spend a lot of time and energy and resources in it. We've got to focus on the students that culturally fit our institutions. And then the other piece that, and probably the piece that I love so much, is that marketers can really be a change agent. Mm -hmm. You know, we work with so many people across the campus that we're in this unique position to really take ownership and help be part of the solution. 
I love that. And I'm going to unpack some of this that we can talk a little bit yeah. more because this is the kind of stuff that gets me excited. So first off, this idea of personalization. I, we've been talking about that. I think, yep, you know, Troy and I have, are well over 100 episodes now. And I would say that word probably has come up on at least half of the episodes, if not more than that. But I think that it's so key because whether you talk about Generation Z, Alpha that's coming up, whether you talk about um, you know millennials, it doesn't matter really because we are so used to having concierge technology being concierge for us. So we go to Amazon. Amazon serves up. You would also like this. You could consider this. Every time we go to an e-commerce checkout, we we have suggestions, but yet we're still sending out the same com flows that were sent out 15, 20 years ago without the capability of the technology that's available to us. So, I mean, when you talk about personalization unpack that for me because I think a lot of people think, oh, it's just putting the name of the person in the in an emoji next to their name in the subject line. It's a lot more than that. And I don't think everybody understands that. Absolutely. So I'll start and kind of share a couple of ways that I and my teams have worked on that. Um, and I want to start by saying, I think sometimes we think, oh, personalization is challenging and difficult. And we just put this mental barrier in. So we're not even trying to think about creative ways to do this. And so I think we make it too hard on ourselves, mm -hmm. uh, you know, on the front end. All of the things that I'm gonna talk about that we that I have worked with teams on, I did without a CRM. And I wanna say that too, because I think sometimes we have this preconceived notion that if we don't have all of this big technology, yes, those things make it easier, but we can absolutely do this just by having a strong desire and putting in a little bit of elbow grease. Yep. Um, and so one of the things that I did at a prior institution is we knew that students didn't know what academic terminology was, so they didn't know what a dean was. They didn't know what a college within the university meant. And so and they we didn't served... really care either. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but we knew that we needed to try to educate them about those things in a way that was meaningful and helpful. And so we got each of our deans to come in and take a photo in a casual outfit. So a T-shirt with a school name, blue jeans and a ball cap uh, to make them feel approachable. Yep. And then we sent out to each of those students, those prospective students, a word of encouragement for their dean and saying, I'm here, I'm here to help you, my door is open. And that was a, that was my first kind of a dip my toe in the water of personalization. And students, we tested them afterwards and they told us how much that card with that message from that dean meant because it wasn't this big academic stuffy thing. Mm -hmm. It felt like that person was talking to them directly, that they were encouraging them and giving them that confidence they needed. That's, that's so good. I, it was, it's one of my favorites. And so that kind of made me realize, okay, we can do this. Let's yeah. level up the, the playing field a little bit. And so then we worked on a financial aid piece and financial aid in and of itself is so challenging. Um, you know, there's sometimes I think we make it too hard, but then I also understand there are certain times we have to use these legal terms and legal definitions. And so if you serve a lot of first generation students, it's scary and confusing and rightfully so. So part of what we did is we then tried to do the same thing there and customize their financial aid piece. So previously they just got this form letter that was very legalese and probably terrifying to understand. And so we worked instead to do a piece that it used variable data to pull information out. So if they had not applied for the FAFSA, we provided information about how they needed to do that. 
We reprovided all of their account numbers and their logins that they would need to take these steps. So we were getting them that data right in front of them. And then we also included what their award looked like and what that would mean for them. And we did that piece in a tear off card because what we wanted to do is be able to kind of see how this was working. And what it did for our financial aid folks is it changed the conversation. So instead of getting phone calls and people coming in just saying, I need help, Mm-hmm. They were having much more targeted conversations. Hey, can you explain to me what this number is and how this number might change? So it helped our team be able to provide more intentional and better support to help those students. I love that. And I'm guessing, too, you very well could have had a CRM at that point, but I could see that happening in a Google Sheet or an Excel document because at the end of the day, it's just, you know, it's it's CSV data that's getting fed to however you're going to run that data. But I love the fact that you are using what you know about the student to really enhance that communication rather than just a form letter, dear, insert name of student, right. and then dump it in. That's great. Thank you. Thank you. It was so, you know, that was a piece that mattered so much to us because we knew that the student needed that extra support. And to see that we were changing the conversation, you know, that's a piece that's continued year after year and further enhanced that. And I know that there's other things that a lot of schools are doing with personalization with, you know, postcards. I mean, if you have an RFI and you already know, you know, the student's grad year and you know what interest they've indicated in that, in that RFI, that's enough to start putting together very personalized messages with photos that are specific to whatever, you know, program they're looking at, if it's STEM. I mean, it doesn't have to be every program. It could be, you know, major blocks of STEM and the arts and things like that. That really lets the student know that you are listening and seeing them. And I think that's a big part of who Generation Z is. I think you're spot on. You know, it's important for that student to know that what they've told us they're interested in, that we're A, listening, and B, that we care. And so the way that, you know, that manifests itself can look a lot of different ways. Um, in the view book that I worked on previously at an institution, we did exactly what you're talking about. And so we knew that there were, we had six colleges. And so there were clubs within each of those college. And then those, some of those standard clubs, like your residence club, your student government club. And so we use that same kind of uh, variable data mm-hmm. to on the get involved page when we talked about clubs and organizations, they saw a list of clubs that related to what they were interested in. They saw key photos in certain places that were peppered throughout that book that aligned with where they were. And then we went a little bit further at the very end of that book, we included um, their custom journey of the steps they needed to take. Mm-hmm. And we were able to plug in things. So if they hadn't applied for housing, we knew that information. If they had applied for housing, we could include those steps. So it's really about taking all the people that are across all these various places on campus, getting them all aligned and making sure you know what data you have and start plugging it in. And what we found is we did one or two things and then all the ideas started flowing up. Oh, well, this would be a great touch point or this would be a great touch point. And so it really kind of started creating a culture that we wanted to personalize everything that we could to help our students in the process. And I think that's only going to ramp up. And I'm, I'm just, I'm not going to get into this. Troy and I are talking about doing a whole other episode just on this subject. But I've been playing around with ChatGPT, which I know just about every other marketer is as well. But one of the things that's kind of blowing my mind is that I figured out how to do it in Google Sheets and have it start writing personal emails for every student on that sheet. I haven't figured out how to combine that into a, a mail, but it's a, it's not going to be very far away before all of a sudden we're able to send out a personal email to everybody in our inquiry pool. 
that's going to change the game because I mean, right now, I remember when my son was in, in, uh, you know, in high school, I'd open up his inbox. He would show me and it's like every other message was the same, except just repeat, you know, change out the school name. I think it's going to change the game when yeah. we start getting this personalized for all the messaging. And so, but I think that what the personalization is going to do, and I want to kind of take that to the next step that we're talking about is yeah. that when you can personalize and somebody sees, like you just said, they heard me, they get me and they, and they, they understand me. Well, that starts to draw those mission fit students to you. And, and so kind of unpack that whole idea of mission fit with me, because I think that is so critical. And I think it's something that we've got to, we got to grapple with as higher ed marketers. Absolutely. It's, you know, it's knowing who your student is and then making sure that you're tailoring the, the experience, the communication, the social media, just conversation that you're having. Every single thing that you're doing should be aligned with who that mission fit student is and, and what it is that you're trying to achieve with that student. And it's not hard. It's just being intentional about every single thing that you do. I think sometimes as marketers, we get so busy that we just start trying to get the number of press releases out or get the number of communications and, you know, meet all the deadlines on the comm plan. And we forget that these are real people with real experiences. And so I think it's okay to take a step back, take a breath and make sure that what we're talking about aligns with who we're trying to engage. We talk about mission fit students with, uh, within the projects that Bart and I work with our customers quite a bit. Something that you brought up at the beginning of the show is the importance of marketing being a change agent for your institution and would really love for you to share with us what you mean by that. Absolutely. So with marketers, we work with the entire campus probably more so than anybody else does. And so I think that allows us to sometimes see when there are issues or see when there are opportunities. And so that's really kind of how I identify this idea of a change agent is being the person that sees those moments and then is able to bring the right people in the room because we already have those relationships and be able to get things done and to help make it better for our, the end goal, which is our students. So a good example of that that I can talk about is at a prior institution, we had a program that was on the viability concern list. And so we started looking at all of our RFI data and month after month, it was the highest program in terms of RFIs. So there was some sort of disconnect here. So we were able to get into the room and with that, with that department, and get an understanding of what it was that we needed to help better market. Because it wasn't that we weren't getting the word out, it was we weren't articulating exactly how that program worked. So those folks weren't having the kind of experience that they were looking for. That also showed us that we had opportunity to be able to add another type of program that hit this other need that we were seeing. So that's a really good example of because we had the relationships, we were able to get in the room and be able to have a conversation and make something better for the end goal, which is those students. I love that. And it reminds me of a conversation we had with Ethan Braden from Purdue University. Um, and I'm going to, I'm just going to do a shout out real quick because I know that Ethan and Carrie are both going to be at the higher ed hashtag higher ed us conference uh, at George Washington university on June 1st and 2nd. I'll be there as well doing some moderation on some panels, but um, you can see some show notes. We'll have the link in there, but Ethan's going to be one of the speakers as will Carrie and several other guests on the podcast. But I think what Ethan said that I really wanted to point out was the fact that, 
he talked about how as higher ed marketers and, and, and the, the marketing you know, group, we need to be less about being short order cooks, make it look prettier and, and get it to me by Monday and be more about being the chefs. And I think kind of that's what you're talking about is how can we bring our expertise to change what's going on on campus because of marketing, because of communications, rather than just sitting back and, and, and taking orders all day long. So help me understand that in, in light of what you've experienced. Absolutely. So that's exactly kind of the way I see this is, you know, marketing historically, when you look at the four P's of product, price, promotion and place, and you do the historical look in at higher education marketing teams, for whatever reason, we're just in the conversation about promotion. We need to be in the conversation about the product itself. Mm -hmm. We need to be in the conversation about the pricing strategy. We need to be in those other places and those other conversations. And that's really where I think we can use some of our expertise. You know, another example I can think of of where the university was seeing drop off and we realized a problem is we mapped our enrollment processes. And so we sat down and looked if, you know, Sally's student decides they want to come to the university, what are the steps they have to take? Well, it crossed 17 departments and five divisions. <laughs> and no wonder a student right. had trouble navigating that. So we just decided as the Marcom team that we were going to take that on. And so we started bringing that group together and meeting every week. We started kind of building this conversation around, you know, the student doesn't go to your website versus your website. They go to the university website. So how can we group the content together in a way that they need it? How can we make sure that they're not getting conflicting messages from your from department A versus department B. Can y'all work together on that? And we really started to build that relationship with everybody across the campus that was in one of those steps. And we're making sure that we were working together and starting to see some really positive impact when we really focused on that student-centric piece. I love that idea. And I and I, I just wanna, because we have so many different sides of institutions listening, I, I'm gonna stop for a second because I mean, people are gonna say, oh, I'm gonna look at the show notes. Oh, Carrie's the CMO and Ethan's the CMO. We don't have a CMO at our school. I report up to the vice president of enrollment or I report up to the, you know, through development and in, in the advancement area because that's just the way our school is. And they're not gonna listen to the director of marketing because they, you know, Stop that thinking because actually you have a voice and you need to make that voice heard because you have the expertise of marketing. You see the world differently than everyone else on campus. And I know I'm going to hear people say, well, uh, I get I get friction from the faculty. They want us just to here's the program. Go promote it. Do, go do this. They don't know sometimes. And it's OK to speak up. It's OK to have that voice and create a little friction because, I mean, that's good. Friction creates fire. Sometimes fire is what we need to either clear something out or actually warm ourselves up and survive. And so I think it's high time that marketers kind of step into this to become the change agent, but we've got to get our own confidence in doing that. And so, Carrie, I, I love a lot of what you're saying because I'm hoping that you're giving that confidence to everyone because your own story that you said at the beginning, I think, is testimony to how you have earned your way up to where you are, but you're also claiming that voice. Is that true? I think so. You know, one of the things I tell people all the time, I don't have a marketing degree. I've never taken a marketing class. And that for me has been a lot of imposter syndrome. I will be yeah. completely honest. I struggle with that because sometimes I don't feel like I'm smart enough or good enough to know where I'm, what I'm doing. But I also am a quick study. 
I learn, I read, I do my homework. And so I've learned this over, you know, the, the years of doing this work. And so I'm, you know, now certified through the American Marketing Association. I have my doctorate. So I have a lot of those tools. But when I first started this, I didn't have some of that. And so I had to spend a lot of time getting up to speed on what an enrollment funnel is, what our students did, and having to be able to kind of show my expertise to campus partners because I wasn't a traditional path into a marketing leadership role. But I think we all have the ability to use our voices to do the right thing by our students. And so I hope that, you know, that's kind of what keeps me going when I have those moments that I get in my own head. And so I hope that helps others to do the same. Carrie, I appreciate your honesty and your your transparency in that. And and I would also, just as an encouragement to what Carrie has just said, if you are listening to this podcast, then you are made of that same mold. You are someone who's trying to learn, you're trying to figure out things, you're trying to get to that next level. Because of that, I think you've earned some create, you know, creds to be able to speak up, to be able to do those things. And so I just want to encourage you to really kind of lean into that. Um, you know, we're going to give Carrie's contact information here in a moment. I'm sure she would love to reach, you know, if you reached out and said, hey, I need to figure out how to do this. Can you give me some tips? I'm sure she'd be willing to send you an email. So sorry if I just gave you work to Carrie, but I, I think it's important. <laughs> Absolutely. Happy to help. I had mentors and people that invested in me when I was starting. So happy to pay it forward. Carrie, as we bring it close to our episode, would like to know, A, if there are any final thoughts that we didn't get to that you would like to convey, and then also, B, if you have a quick tip that you could offer that someone that's listening could implement right away or easily, what would that piece of advice or tip be? I would say my final kind of closing thought is, you know, I think marketers have an important role to play in this conversation. And so I think it's, you know, lean in and let's own the role that we have and let's really be that change agent for campus. And then I would say my final thought or idea that one thing to do is pick up the phone and start building that relationship, whether that's with your enrollment person or somebody in your tour staff, whoever it is that you've had on your mind for a while of, oh, I really need to talk to them and learn more about what they're doing. Let today be the day and pick up the phone, shoot an email and start building that relationship. Thank you, Carrie. And as our listeners now know, that's the reason why I have been a fan and follow you. And I encourage people to follow you on LinkedIn. You are very informative. You're very entertaining. For those that would like to go a step further and reach out to you, as Bart suggested, what would be the best way for them to reach you be? I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Twitter. I'm Carrie H. Phillips at both of those places. And then I'll make sure that my contact information is in the show notes. And then I also love to muse a bit on my website and carryon.com, which is where I give kind of short snippets about some of the research and thoughts that I have around higher education and leadership. Carrie, thank you so much for being a guest today. We really enjoyed this conversation. I think you've very much delivered like you do on all the platforms that you share content on. Thank you so much for having me. I never get tired of talking about this and really enjoyed our conversation today. Bart, do you have any closing thoughts that you would like to share before we close the episode? I do. Thanks, Troy. And thanks, Carrie. It was a, it was a pleasure to have you on. And, and as, we've, as we've said that, I, I just wanted to point out a few things to everybody. One, we talked a lot about personalization. And I think that's something that, you know, is, is 
well within your reach. And as Carrie demonstrated with her experience and different ways of doing that, think outside the box, but definitely figure out how to do that. And and if even if it's just a Google Sheet, working with a local printer to be able to do some data variable printing, you should be able to do that and figure it out. Let me know if you have questions and I can help you with that. And then also just this idea of mission fit students. A lot of times that is kind of thrown around with you know specialty type of institutions, but I think every institution has a particular kind of student that is going to succeed. And those are the mission fit students and really being able to identify those and, and and court those students is kind of what your goal as a marketer is going to be. And then I really love the whole point about the, the change agent. I got a little preachy there with you, but I think it's something that is well within your uh, reach and something to step into. So uh, thanks again. It's, it's been a wonderful conversation. The Higher Ed Marketer Podcast is sponsored by Kaler Solutions, an education, marketing, and branding agency and by Ring Digital, connecting your enrollment teams directly to the devices of their most cherished prospective students. On behalf of our guest, Carrie, Bart Kaler, and myself, Troy Singer, thank you for joining us. You've been listening to The Higher Ed Marketer, to ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. The Higher Ed Marketer is a production of Kaler Solutions and Ring Digital in partnership with Westport Studios. Views and opinions expressed by guests on The Higher Ed Marketer are their own and may not reflect the views and opinions of their organization. Know someone who's a mover and a shaker in higher ed marketing? Visit www.higheredmarketerpodcast.com and click on our Contact Us page. We'd love to have you tell us about them. Until next time.